the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. Now, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation law, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property law. And just so you know, I've spent the greater part of the last nearly 40 years fighting for the economic empowerment and independence of women, people of color, seniors, and veterans. And because of my training, my experiences, my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and wealth creation and wealth preservation and wealth transfer, uh, the roles uh, that these particular aspects of the social science of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Yes, I said bankruptcy law because it's not only all about the money, 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 it's also about the reclamation and revitalization of the economic lives of financially distressed individuals, families, and businesses that are headed headed by honest but temporarily unfortunate human beings also very much like you and me. Now, I also practice debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And I'm proud to say that as part of my overall practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the targets of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse you can ever imagine. So I'm coming to you again today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. Qualified professional help because I believe that if you have a legal matter that intersects with your finances and your assets, you really need to find someone that knows what they're doing so they can help you. Now, as I've discussed with you previously, 
Last week, on August 26, 2021, the Supreme Court of the United States, in agreeing with the opinion of the District Court for the District of Columbia, when it ruled in favor of the landlord-slash-realtors against the government in the case Alabama Association of Realtors at Al versus the Department of Health and Human Services at Al, and thereby putting the big kibosh on the CDC's nationwide CDC COVID-19 related eviction moratorium um, by finding that the 1944 statute used by the CDC, that is to say the Public Health Service Act, provided an insufficient legal basis. The act in question states in pertinent part that, and I quote, The Surgeon General, with the approval of the Secretary of Health and Human Services, is authorized to make and enforce such regulations as, in his judgment, are necessary to prevent the introduction, transmission, or spread of communicable diseases from foreign countries into the states or possessions, or from one state or possession to another state or possession. It goes on to say, for purposes of carrying out and enforcing such regulation, the Surgeon General may provide for such inspection, fumigation, disinfection, uh, sanitation, pest extermination, destruction of animals or articles to be so infected or contaminated as to be the source of dangerous infection to human beings and other measures as in his judgment, may be necessary, end quote. Now, the court went on to say that while the first sentence of the act may have provided some authority for the CDC to implement the eviction moratorium, the second sentence overruled the first. Say what? Now, that does not make any sense to me because the second sentence up to, and I quote, and any other measure as his judgment may be necessary, end quote, was just a list of examples the secretary could undertake. Now, the court went on to imply that because the act was created in 1944, it was dated. And it further stated that something that was quite obvious, that because the act, and I quote, has rarely been invoked, dash, and has never been justification for an eviction moratorium, end quote, that somehow the act lacked authority in the modern era. Again, I say, say what? The court went on to state that the act as written in regulations has generally been limited to quarantining infected individuals and prohibiting the import and sale of animals known to transmit disease, end quote. So according to the court, the government's justification was misplaced, making the eviction moratorium upon which it was based unconstitutional. And, as Justice Kavanaugh had stated the first time the moratorium hit the court, in the opinion that he wrote for the court on June 29, 2021, allowing the stay to continue through the end of July, that in effect, Congress needs to put forth new legislation upon which it, 
an eviction moratorium could stand because without a new regulation, the six justices majority found that the CDC had no legal rational basis upon which to justify the harm inflicted upon landlords who were providing housing without compensation even though Congress had established a remedial payment program for those same said tenants to compensate those same said landlords. So, even though three of the nine justices disagreed with the majority's holding, where Justices Beyer, uh, Sotomayor, and Kagan dissented, finding that inasmuch as the district court had ruled on a summary basis with which the Supreme Court had acted in on its behalf on the shadow docket and had emulated the district court by makes ruling without the benefit of full briefing and oral arguments from both sides, as well as numerous amici who would have weighed in. The majority ruled the wrong way on this important issue, which I must say, I agree with the minority. However, the decision is what it is, and inasmuch as Congress and the Senate do not seem to be able to get their collective act together to agree on and pass much of anything of substance, including the timing of the passage of the way overdue massive but necessary infrastructure bill that all sides agree we need to repair our roads, bridges, tunnels, canals, airports, data and telecommunications systems, water treatment and distribution facilities, sewer lines, schools, child care services, elder care services, health care access systems, innovative food production and distribution systems, disaster preparedness systems, whose limitations have been revealed to us each and every day for the last week or so, whose limitations about all this stuff that has been exacerbated by climate change and all the other new age systems we need to continue to function as a society, I don't think any of us should be holding our collective breath waiting for Congress to pass a 21st century version of the Public Health Service Act of 1944 anytime soon. So, once again, I find myself stating for the record that perhaps those of us who want to see our 11 million neighbors who make up 3 million households in America who are in financial distress, that is to say our brothers and sisters in Christ or whomever or whatever you believe in or if you don't believe in anything at all, but you want to help these people who are facing eviction stay in their home and not be kicked to the curb in the midst of a pandemic, we should perhaps cast our gaze and advocacy efforts away from Washington, D.C. and towards our state and local government units and officials who are charged with distributing the $47 billion with a B in already congressionally appropriated and presidentially approved rental assistance funding in order to light a fire under these bureaucrats' behinds and get them to see just how much this money needs to get out. Here's how urgent it is to get through the tenants to the mostly mom and pop landlords who need these funds to pay their mortgages so they won't be foreclosed upon and then thereby in turn be able to continue to provide the housing to our brothers and sisters in the midst of this pandemic and all the other cascading natural and man-made disasters we now face on an almost daily basis. So, 
When we come back, I'll share with you some constructive ideas on how we can possibly dig ourselves out of this ditch, including the content of a letter that was dropped into my electronic mailbox this past Monday, August 30th, 2021, with a couple of ideas on how we might proceed. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. Now, before we took our break, I said I'd share with you some constructive ideas on how we might be able to dig ourselves out of this $47 billion with a B congressionally funded emergency rental and utilities assistant funding distribution constipation ditch we find ourselves in, including some very good ideas contained in a letter that dropped into my electronic mailbox this past Monday, August 30th, 2021, with a couple of great ideas in its own right. Now, here's the deal. According to the Treasury Department, as of August 25, 2021, only 11% of the federally mandated rental aid has made it into the hands of the tenants, the landlords, and the utilities companies who were its natural targets. Now, Treasury revealed that just $5.1 billion with a B of the nearly $47 billion with a B in rental and utility assistance allocated by the government has been used to prevent uh, the eviction of roughly 1 million American households. As such, most of the aid is still being held by the state and local government officials uh, that are responsible for distributing this money. And that's truly pathetic. Just to update you, for the last several weeks during my few moments of downtime, I've been conducting my own research project looking into how the Treasury Department is getting uh, the $47 billion with a B distributed to the states and how the states are, or should I say, are not getting the funds out to the needy tenants and their landlords. By looking at the programs offered by three states that I have a direct connection with. Those are Alaska, California, and Mississippi. And I'll share with you my findings in the coming weeks. However, today I want to focus on some highlights at a very high level that I've observed at the federal level in just the last few weeks because the feds have decided, and I agree, that they need to consolidate the focal point for human beings to gain access to the information that they need under the auspices of one federal agency, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, whose website is located at cfpb.gov. You can find an agency in your state or you can find your tribe or tribal homeland at the Bureau's website and it's www.consumerfinance.gov forward slash coronavirus forward slash mortgage and dash and dash housing dash assistance forward slash renter dash protection forward slash 
find-help-with-rent-and-utilities. Now, once you get there, you'll find some drop-down windows that are in both English and Spanish where you can select your state or your tribal homeland and they will provide this link to the agency in your home in your uh, tribal homeland or in your state offering assistance for both renters and landlords in completing the many forms that you need to access these funds. So I urge you to go to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's website this holiday weekend as some of the agencies have specific application cutoff dates that you don't want to miss. Now, also this past Monday, August 30th, 2021, I found the following letter in my electronic mailbox from the Attorney General of the United States that I want to share excerpts with you now. It's addressed to members of the legal community. Oh, that's me. The letter says, I write to urge you to join me in helping to address the looming housing and eviction crisis. As federal and local eviction moratoria expire around the country, eviction filings are expected to spike to roughly double their pre-pandemic levels. Now, according to the recent Census Bureau survey, over 6 million American households report that they are behind in their rent. And over 3 million households believe that they're so far behind that they're going to be evicted in the next couple months. The impact of eviction on these families would be devastating. Studies have shown that losing one home Losing one's home can have long-lasting economic and psychological effects. And the CDC has made clear that mass evictions will only exacerbate the COVID-19 pandemic. State courts are on the front lines of this crisis. Just two weeks ago, the Association, the Associate Attorney General and I met with nearly 40 state chief justices to discuss the housing and evictions confronting the country. We heard about the steps that state courts have taken to raise awareness of the emergency rental assistance that Congress has provided and about the obstacles courts face in combating the crisis. The justices spoke of the many landlords and tenants who need help applying for the emergency rental assistance that Congress made available to keep families in their homes. In addition, they noted that the vast majority of tenants need access to legal counsel because far too many evictions result from default judgments in which the tenants never appeared in court. The legal profession is well positioned to provide support for tenants, landlords, and courts during this crisis. Promoting access to justice to ensure that our justice system delivers outcomes that are fair and accessible to all, irrespective of wealth or status, is one of the highest ideals of the legal profession. Because evictions are subject to state laws and local regulation, there is no one-size-fits-all solution. But no matter where you live, lawyers and students like you can apply your legal training and skills to help your community. Now, here are some specific steps that you can take. 
you can help applicants access rental assistance. Then he goes on to explain the program that I just shared with y'all earlier, the Federal Emergency Rental Assistance Program, or the ERAP, provides significant economic relief to assist households that are unable to pay rent and utilities due to the COVID-19 pandemic. These funds are available directly to states, U.S. territories, local governments, and tribes. Although the funding is federal, the application process varies depending on the location of the household, subject to law, the federal law, and the Treasury Department's guidelines. Lawyers and law students can reach out to state and local ERAP administrators to offer one, help to get the word out about these funds, which I'm doing, and two, assist applicants through the application process, which I will also do. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau Rental Assistance Finder tool can help you identify the local ERAP administrator in your area. Now, lawyers can also volunteer with your local legal assistance provider. And um, um, Judge Garland goes on to say, the National Center for State Courts has compiled a map of the legal aid organizations around the country that work on housing cases. I invite you to reach out to these organizations and volunteer to provide legal counseling and representation to tenants as they apply for rental assistance uh, and mediate disputes with their landlords. And we can also litigate eviction filings in courts. Legal assistance providers often work across city lines, so most appropriate partner may be located in a different town or city than the one in which you know you generally practice. So be on the lookout for that. He goes on to say that you can help local courts implement eviction diversion programs. The Associate Attorney General and I have encouraged state courts to adopt eviction diversion strategies that will help families avoid the disruption and damage of eviction and assist tenants and landlords in obtaining the rental assistance necessary to relieve the overburdened court dockets. Then he goes on to say that federal employees can, are another focal point. Federal government attorneys can do their part, too. Judge Garland goes on to say, I encourage lawyers across the government to reach out to Laura Klein at laura.f.klein at usdoj.gov of the federal government's pro bono program to identify opportunities to provide pro bono representation in housing cases and assist to legal aid clinics. He concludes by saying, during the height of the civil rights movement, then Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy urged members of the legal profession as part of their obligation to support equal justice under law to use their knowledge and skills to advance the rights of those who were most vulnerable. Once again, the legal community has an obligation to help those who are most vulnerable. We can do this by doing everything we can to ensure that people have meaningful opportunities to stay in their homes and that the eviction procedures are carried out in a fair and just manner. The Department of Justice stands ready and willing to partner with this effort. And 
he provided a, a video that I will share. And it says, concludes by saying, thank you sincerely, Merritt B. Garland, Attorney General. So we're going to leave it there for now. But as always, in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we like to stay on the right side of the law, including laws dealing with our ability to stay in our homes in the midst of a raging pandemic and climate-related natural and man-made disasters. But in the meantime, please get vaccinated until we have herd immunity. Keep your social distance, mask up, and wash your hands. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.